Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good morning, Movement Church. I hope you are excited to be here. We have an extra special thing happening today, as you can see behind me. I know you're all thinking, what is going on? But we are in our, the second part of our series called Asking for a Friend, because we know that you guys have everything figured out, and we're just asking for a friend, right? Um, but actually, at Easter, we took a survey and asked for everyone to tell us, what questions do you have? What topics do you want us to talk about? And that's what this series is all about, is addressing those questions. But we had so many questions com come in that were focused around marriage and parenting and doing that well that we thought, let's just change it up a little bit and do a special Q&A style session where we get to hear directly from pastors Carrie and Megan about how we can, just some practical takeaways for that part of our lives, right? Are you guys ready for this? This is going to be a great Sunday. Um, before we introduce you, I just want to say I have the privilege and honor to get to see pastors Carrie and Megan up close and personal, and there is no one that is more intentional about how they run their family than these two individuals. So without further ado, let's give it up for pastors Carrie and Megan Robinson. All right. I feel like I'm on the Ellen show right now. You are. I know. I like it's like a talk show. I love it. We should dance. Oh, there's you water out here already. That would have been exciting. Probably shouldn't dance. All right, you guys decided this is going to be fun. Let's be try good. this real quickly. For those of you that are trying to figure out why are we doing something different, I don't like change. <laughs> Everybody take a deep breath. Okay. For all the spontaneous folk, you're like, this is great. I love how it's different. But we're just going to remind you, you get to give some feedback today. If you think something is just moving and just unbelievable, say wow. Let's try it real quickly. Everybody say wow. Wow. Awesome. And if you think something is just, just so good and it moves you spiritually, say amen go ahead and if we say something funny you're gonna laugh whether it's funny or not just try the Come laughter uh, <laughs> we got this on lockdown some of you aren't laughing yet. no it's That's okay right. for service there. we we had we went about two and a half hours long it was great cool. so we're gonna try to break that record today we're it's gonna be a lot of fun service. yeah you're just an extension <laughs> so ho hopefully we'll we'll have a good time today uh, all right well we're gonna dive right in um since it is father's day we'll just go for the first question with being what as a dad or a father and a husband where should the focus be in the home Pastor Carrie, what you give us? Yeah, that's a great, as I took a sip of water. Can you just say that one more time, the question? I was okay. so immersed as, in my water bottle. As a dad and a father or a husband in the home, where should my priorities be? That's great. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I have that figured out all the way. I did, I had the privilege, not, not everybody had the same opportunity I did growing up. I, I had great parents who loved each other, lo loved us. They had seven kids. My mom and dad were married for 45 years. The only reason they, that ended is because my dad passed away three years ago. Um, they woke up every morning and read the word together and prayed together and raised us. I mean, they did a great job of parenting. They didn't do everything perfect, but they did a great job of raising us. And I was able to really lean in and see some of the things that they did well that translated well. Not everything does. Every family has dysfunction in it. That's and a fact. That's 100% true. <laughs> every single family, our family has dysfunction Take in it. Take a deep breath, everybody. Yeah, it's you all right. You have dysfunction in your family. We all do. All right. There's a couple of things that I, I think is important to note. And, and number one is it, it sh knowing the priority is going to shift, right? Because if you hit hard times financially, you got to drill down and make sure that finances are in order. If you get a, a word that someone in your family is, is sick and you've got to make some adjustments or pivot, you've you got to adjust priorities based upon the seasons that you're walking through but there are a couple things I think that if we do them well or rather make them the rule as opposed to the exception to the rule we'll end up winning and I think guys want that so I want to challenge you to take some notes and even those of you that may not be fathers I think this stuff that we can still apply in our life uh, to the, the those that we love the most and uh, but I, I really do feel like this might help and, and here's number one this is the question that I started asking myself about a year and a half two years ago it took me a long time to figure this out but as a father, what, do my, what does my family need from me right now? Like, what do they need from me right now? Not what do they want, but what do they need? 
And, and I, I typically, I don't know about you guys, but I typically lean towards the selfish end of the persuasion. And I typically ask the question, what do I need right now? I just got done with a full day of work and I'm exhausted. I was in 18.7 meetings and I don't want to talk. You know, I want to go home and do nothing for 30 minutes. Does anybody else feel that way, right? Thank you, my honest friends. And, and preferably with nobody looking or speaking to me. That would be great as well. But it doesn't always work that way when it comes to family, especially with kids. And so one of the things I've learned is to ask that question, what do they need right now? Which means that when I get home from work, I've actually got to clock in and not clock out. Wow. And this goes for marriage as well. But I I gotta be not only there, but I've gotta be fully present. And and so when I ask the question, what does my family need? It might be compassion right now. Like they might need, uh, they may have been a rough week. I I have all girls in our home. So it's just estrogen wafts through the air, like humidity. It hits you in the face. I got I to gotta just smell gunpowder every once in a while to remind myself that I'm a man. And so sometimes we need compassion and just to cry. And sometimes it's just time. Sometimes Megan or the girls need just me to sit with them or to scrap all of our plans and sit at the table and, and be a family and play a game. Sometimes it's discipline. Yeah. I mean, if you got knucklehead kids, sometimes you, you got to make sure that they understand there's a standard in our home. Yeah. Sometimes it's courage. I, you know, sometimes our kids need to know that they, they've got it. It's in them. They're going to win this thing. But that winning doesn't mean you never experience a loss. It just yeah. feels a little bit different. That's great. And I want to challenge you with this, dads. The chief role that you play in your family is you bring identity to your children. Wow. I mean, think about it. They take your last name, right? Wow. My kids are Avery and Brooklyn. Robinson, And the best thing I can do is help them know what their identity yeah. is and who their identity is in Christ. In Jewish culture, uh, even to this day, but strategic, specifically in biblical times, from birth to adolescence, the key parental role was the role of a mom, nurturer and compassion. But at adolescence, there was a shift that would take place. And the key parental role shifted to the father. That's why they do bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. Wow. You're stepping into adulthood. Why? Because the father now is the one who's responsible to bring identity Hey, you have got this in you. You are a Robinson. You can accomplish this. It doesn't mean life is going to be perfect. Most of the internal battles that you and I face are tied directly to our, not all, but most problems that you and I face internally are tied directly to our relationships with or lack thereof with a father. So, hey, let's let's change the narrative, dads. Let's, Let's change the narrative and start asking the question, what does my family need from me right now. I feel like my wife wants to say something. I was just going to echo. I, I love that. He's, he's so in tune with what I'm thinking. I love it. I, I, I want to echo that, that in Jewish culture, that the father stepped in to play such a, a pivotal role during adolescence. And, and I think it's really easy. All of our awesome teenagers that are in the room, listen, you guys are wonderful. You're amazing. And sometimes you get really quiet and stop talking to your parents when you're teenagers. And, and I just want to challenge the parents in the room, especially the dads, um, don't let that push you away. Yeah, like, let that draw you in even closer wow. to ask harder questions and to be involved as much as you can be. Because I'll tell you what, that role that you get to play in shaping your, your young person's identity is so crucial. And um, I love, Pastor Kerry taught uh, all our kids this mantra, this morning mantra that they, they kind of helped him craft and write. And so every morning they, they say this thing out loud about who they are and who they're created to be. And, and I was walking through a moment with my youngest child and, and she was just telling me that she didn't feel like she was good enough. And I said, what do you say every morning? And she started saying that mantra that her dad helped her write. And one of the lines is, I am good enough because he is good. And uh, talking about God. And I just thought, okay, look at that confidence and that identity. And I, I was so grateful for Carrie having spent the time to invest in our girls to help them know who they are. So I just think that's such a crucial thing to do. Yeah, I think another thing that is missing, I think for, uh, I think a lot of this has shifted with uh, when our nation shifted and started to realize the value in women yeah. and saying, hey, we're, we're, we're not, you, you're not a sub part of our culture. We're, we're all in this thing together. I think in that same process, as we recognize the value in women over the last four or five decades, that men have started to take a back seat when it comes to mm-hmm. faith. Wow. And I think it's time that we change that narrative as well. Yeah. So look at me, dads. You, you be the sound saying, hey, we're going to church today. You be the sound that says, we're going to pray. You be the sound that says, you know, I don't have the answer, but I know God does, and he's going to help us with this thing. And I think that's, we got to shift that. So if you, it doesn't matter where you were before today. 
we can make up a lot of time by making some right changes moving That's forward. Yeah. That's the thing, one of the things that my dad did the best. He just said, no, we're going to pray. We're going to see what God has to say about this thing. Mm -hmm. I don't always get this one down, but when I do, I see something come to life in my, my family. And if you're here today and you're a single mom, hmm. and you're trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do with this? Hey, this is why we exist as a church. Yeah. Exactly. So we got great leaders. Pastor Joe and Katie are the greatest children's pastors on the planet. And Joe is a great guy to get your kids around. He'll speak life. Garrett and Jaslyn are leaders in Movement Kids Big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Garrett is one of the solid, most full of character and integrity. You need to get your kids around him, and he'll speak life into him and, and be there for him. That's why we exist as a church. So there's no deficit here. Yeah. God has right. a plan for us. We just got to right. make sure we're living to the fullness of our potential. That's Does great. that make sense? That's great. I'm preaching louder than you are all amening right now. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Let me, talk, let, let me shift to, to the priority of a husband. Can we do that? Can we talk about my role when it comes to my wife? Uh, and I think this is something that's important to know, even if you're not married that's yet, and you're you know, wanting to be engaged, or you're single and desperately ready to mingle. We see you. We got some single ladies in here, too, so dude, just hang around. Food truck is a great place to meet, meet some ladies. So. By Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You go, just move him out of the way. You be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Anyways, we'll move on. We'll move on. So anyways, here, as a husband, this is a question I think you got to ask yourself, and this is important. Does my wife feel cherished? Not, not do I cherish her, but does she feel cherished? And those are two different questions, and okay. it's different for every woman. For some, it could be just the time spent. Like Megan needs about three hours a week where she can just go, any, so any men awesome. know what I'm talking about in here? Thank you. Any other ladies feel the same Come way? Come on, what I'm I need some about? friends. Thank she you. She seems to be like, Ugh. I don't make that sound. Or For that face. For three hours. I call it the three-hour tour. Apparently, God wants me to stop talking about that. I mean, seriously. Thank you, Michael, Jesus. you're on my team, man. Thank Come you. on, brother. Mute <laughs> Megan's mic, not mine. Come on. <laughs> So she just needs that. And when we get that in, she feels cherished. When we miss that time, for us, our Saturday is Monday. So we make a chunk of time. And, and our season of life allows that right now. Our kids are both at school with the exception of summer. And we can do that. But your wife needs to feel cherished. For others, it's acts of service, doing things around the house, like emptying the dishwasher and putting your clothes in the laundry hamper or just do the laundry. I mean, hey, whoa. And listen, if you're an acts of service kind of gal, you need to let go of control. If he doesn't load the dishwasher right and you start yelling at him and then you get mad because he doesn't load the dishwasher that's on you my friend that is on you so how many of you are acts of service people and you raise your hand i okay, see some great. people like kind of yeah at their just want you to wipe the counter you're doing it wrong and he's like i can't do this anymore okay yep. for others it's physical touch for my wife that's not it for Aww. her she has to remember to give me hugs i say hugs not drugs baby hugs oh, not oh drugs <laughs> <laughs> so just it just depends on how she feels cherished for, and, and if it's physical touch physical touch with no strings attached yeah that's great 8 30 at night you give her a hug every night kids are in bed 9 30 10 30 man i just love you babe come here let me hold you closer yeah no strings attached i mean that's good for some yeah that's good too but i mean there needs to be to you for a woman to feel cherished Absolutely. it needs to be no strings attached it could be gifts right like megan has acquired this as a love language and she likes bougie <laughs> gifts too it he is a problem. It it's your fault. It's so but all, all, all of us have this, but we'll talk specifically about, guys, make sure you're affirming your wife, like verbally, and not just, hey, you're awesome, but tell her why she's awesome. Tell her why she's awesome. And she's, she needs to feel cherished, not just to you. She's not going to feel cherished the way that you feel cherished. And I think one of the best ways to, to do this, we got to hurry on time. I think one of the best ways to do this, and this is a question you got to ask yourself is, does my wife feel empowered to be the woman God's created her to be? Or does she feel stuck behind a job or watching kids? So a lot of times we, we live in Orange County, we need multiple incomes and, or maybe you stay at home with the kiddos and, 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 and along the way, something is, maybe the dream has died a little bit. And guys, I think we got to awaken that dream in our wife. No matter what their age is, you say, man, it's still in you. And you, I know that she's a better mom and a wife when she gets away to write for an hour a week. She just has got to write. 
And, and that's me awakening that dream inside of her. Does that make sense? And so I think if you can, if we can awaken the dream in, in our wife, man, it, it'll, it'll change some things. But yeah. the, the point is you got to work to discover how she feels cherished. And, and ladies, you can't expect him to be a mind reader. So even when it comes to knowing how you feel cherished, like you, you can't expect him to just figure that out. Yeah. You have to give him some insight into that. So actually sharing with your husband, your spouse, this is what makes me feel valuable. This is what I appreciate from you. You actually have to give him that, that insight and communication. So don't just expect him to read your mind. Yeah. You, Megan got mad at me one time. She okay. was like, I just want you to think about giving our kids a bath. I don't want to have to ask you. I just want you to think about giving well, them a bath. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even think about giving my Myself a bath, let alone our kids. That is not fair to me. You got to just tell me. If you tell me, I'll tell Siri to remind me to remind our kids it's time for a bath. But we got to do this together. Thank and God so, for Siri. Yeah, but it's true. You, 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 that's an unspoken expectation in so many of marriages. The rocky roads in marriages are because of unspoken expectation. So stop, swallow your pride, and just tell them. Just tell them. Ephesians 5:25 is kind of the, the verse I love. It's the message prayer. Translation says this, husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. Look at this, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving and not by getting. Wow. Anyways. That's great. I love it. It's so great. All right, well, we hit the role of a husband and a father, but Megan, can you speak to what the priority should be for a wife and a mom? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the starting point for all of this and in every question we're going to answer today i think the starting point we have to hit on is is do i have a personal relationship with jesus because i'm telling you from that stems everything else proverbs 4:23 tells us that we should guard our hearts because it's the wellspring of life and and what that really means is that from our heart the entire course of our life is set and so there's something about making sure that we have a personal relationship with Jesus that actually sets the course for every role that we're going to play in our life, whether it is a father or a mother or a friend or a spouse, whatever the role might be, I feel like that's such a foundation point. And it's worth being said, like if we can just get that right, we, everything else is going to flow from there. So that's a, that's a starting point for us. But I also think as a mom, one of the things that we have to really work on as mothers in the room is fighting the comparison epidemic. Um, I think it just runs rampant today. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I picture it kind of like eating at a buffet. Has anyone ever eaten at a buffet? You go to Vegas, you eat at a buffet, somewhere like that. Okay, listen, when you go into a buffet, there's so much food. It's like lasagna and pizza and enchiladas and tacos and uh, brownies and it's everything you could possibly ever dream of or imagine. And so if you're anything like me, at one point when I, I was at a buffet younger, I, I loaded everything on my plate, kind of like in a journey throughout countries all across my plate and, you know, just <laughs> ate to my heart's content. And afterwards, I had the worst stomach ache I've ever had in my entire life. It was bad. And I know some of you know what that feels like, but I, I think that we have this comparison epidemic that's happening in our world today, and it's because we're feasting on the buffet of social media on a constant basis. Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest, and, and we're constantly seeing what everybody else is doing and what the narrative of everybody else's life looks like. Mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes, as moms, we can struggle with comparing ourselves to somebody else's story. And, and I always say this, that comparison is the root of all inferiority. Comparison is the root of all inferiority, which means that if you compare yourself to someone else, to someone else's story, to someone else's life, what it looks like, you're always going to feel inferior. Yeah. You're always going to feel less than. And so as moms, I think we've got to work on being who we were created to be yeah. and not comparing ourselves to someone else. I will never be the PTA president. I just won't. And some of you will because you were crafted to do that. Yeah. But that is not how God made me. And so I've had to come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to look like every other parent at my kid's school because God's called me to do something different. And I had this revelation early on as a mom. I was praying through some big dreams that were in my heart. And, and I was praying through these dreams and I felt like God was giving me all these ideas and I was writing them down and I was sitting by my one-year-old at the time and and I just remember asking God God what about my kids and I so clearly heard God challenge me with this they're not yours they're mine wow. 
And their purpose is uniquely attached to the purpose that I have for your life. Hmm. So if you don't walk out the things that I've created you to walk out, you're robbing your kids of what I have for them. Wow. And I was like, because I think sometimes we feel the pressure to make our lives look like everybody else. And the challenge is, no, God created you uniquely you. And he gave your kids to you for a reason. So you've got to live your life with purpose and confidence, knowing that you are who God called you to be. And I'm telling you, that's going to equip your kids. You as a mom can actually vaccinate your kids against a low self-esteem. You can do that by walking in confidence, because there's something about confidence that kids model. And we have the ability to do that as moms. And then I also think Pastor Kerry kind of hit on this about the Jewish culture and the role of moms is, is to nurture. And I, I've never really thought of myself as a nurturer. It's just not like what go with my personality is what I was thinking. But here's the deal. We're all nurturers. And, and I looked up the definition and it says to care for the growth and development of someone or something. Hmm. To care for the growth or development of someone or something. So if something is going to grow, it's got to grow in a healthy environment, right? And so I just think as moms, one, thing's, one thing we can remember is that we get to set the environment of our home. We get to be the thermostat, not the thermometer, where we actually set the temperature with our, our words and our attitude and our body language. We get to create a peaceful environment where things can grow. So we get to set that temperature. But I also think that we need to remember that nurturing is actually helping the growth and development of something. And when I think about that, I think about the fact that nothing grows without failure or challenges or even pain. You know, your kids wake up sometimes in the middle of the night with growing pains, and they're like, ah, my leg, my leg. And you're like, oh, you're growing. Mm -hmm. Yay. But there's pain that's associated with it, right? And I just think that sometimes as moms, we're guilty of swooping in and trying to keep our kids from experiencing any kind of disappointment or any kind of pain or any kind of challenge. We want to make them feel really good. In fact, I read an article the other day and almost threw my computer against the wall because it was this article about moms and it was telling moms that our responsibility is to make sure our children always feel good. And I was like, who are you? Do you always feel good? No, every adult in this room could raise your hands and say, I do not always feel good. And as moms, if we're going to nurture the growth of our children, we actually have to help them figure out how do I navigate the difficulties? What do I do when challenges come, when conflict arises? I think as moms, we're guilty of swooping in. Our kids fail in a class and we want to blame their teacher. We are emailing their teacher, it's your fault. You're not teaching them good enough. Okay, slow the roll. I'm just saying that as a mom, maybe we need to challenge our kids. Okay, well, what can you do better? Yeah. What, what area do you need to work on? Because our role is not to save the day. Our role is to help them navigate challenges. When they're walking through pain or conflict with friends, it's not to take their side and talk bad about that kid's parent. No, our job is to go, okay, well, what did you do? Because there's two sides to every story. And we've got to help our kids learn how to navigate the challenges and navigate the pain that they're going to walk through because we want them to be the kind of adults that don't crumble under disappointment and don't crumble under conflict. And that is how we nurture our kids. You know, Proverbs 14.1 says, Every wise woman encourages and builds up her family, but a foolish woman will tear it down by her own actions. I just think the words that we say, the, the body language that we use, the things that we do, they matter. And we have the ability to build up our homes or tear them down. And then I also think uh, as a wife, you know, I don't get this right either. In fact, this has probably been one of the most challenging things for me individually is I, as wives, ladies, I just got to challenge you. Our husbands have got to feel respected and valued. They need to feel respected and valued. They need to know that we need them. That we not only need them, but we love having them around. They need to know how awesome they are. Pastor Kerry would love that, right? If I was better at telling you how awesome you are. I'm just excited you're touching my shoulder right now. (laughs) Physical touch, physical touch. It's been so long. But they do. They need to be affirmed. They need to know that we value them. And listen, one of the best ways to do that is with words of affirmation. Telling them what we're grateful for. Telling them what we're proud of. And listen, I am the worst at this. 
Many of you know I had to put a reminder in my phone to go off every day to remind me to affirm my husband. But I'll tell you what, I'm grateful for Siri because she reminded me every single day. And I didn't always get it right, but I'm just telling you the greatest thing we can do for our husbands is to affirm, to value, to respect, and, and to do this publicly and privately. So letting them know personally what we're grateful for, but also publicly in front of That's our kids, great. in front of our friends. There's nothing like that when our husbands can feel affirmed publicly. And I think that, too, with that, it's allowing him to lead and not me just making all the decisions. You know, I think we've got a lot of strong, independent women, um, and I know I'm one of them. And so I have to sometimes step back and go, you know what? He needs to lead in this area and make these decisions. And I know you talked about this earlier to the husbands, but, but it would be helpful, right, if, if we as wives didn't always just make the decisions and drive forward with them, huh? Yeah. The integrity and strength of a virtuous wife transforms her husband into an honored king. There's something about the ability of a wife to bring honor and value to her husband, but it says the wife who disgraces her husband weakens the strength of his identity. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be guilty of that. And I know that that comes back to the words that I say and the way that I communicate. And so that's what I'm, I'm working on. That's great. I love that. All right, well, let's put the pieces together a little bit. We talked about the roles of a husband and a wife. Um, but what about as a family? How do we navigate priorities as a family? That's great. And I think th these, I'm going to rattle off some ideas here, so you'll want to write them down if you can. But I think these can apply to you if you have kids or don't have kids. If you're a single adult or not, I think these are values that should drive uh, the decisions you make. And the first and foremost is this, family comes first, uh, which means over your career, over your hobbies, over church life, over everything, family has got to be priority numero uno, which means uh, who gets the best of your time, the best of your creativity, the best of your conversation, the best of your passion. Just this, this last Mother's Day, I, I was so challenged because we're leading up to Mother's Day and I was exhausted. It was one of those weeks, a lot of meetings, a lot of connections, a couple crisis. And I had, I had so, spent so much creative energy into working on some things behind the scenes for the church. And it got to Mother's Day and I almost went to Megan and said, hey, is it cool for just chill on Mother's Day and just kind of just hang out as a family? And she would have said, totally, absolutely. But what I realized is that I was not giving her my best. I'd already spent it everywhere else. Hmm. And that's not what I'm called to do. Somebody else will pass through this church one day. I hope it's a long time from now, but somebody <laughs> else will pass through this church. Somebody else can make decisions probably even better than I can, but I'm the only one qualified to be Megan's husband. And so she needed the best for me. So we kind of kicked you it up. You did a great job. We kicked it up extra notch, but that's hard to do. But family comes first. Number two, make Christ the key ingredient. The key ingredient. I see none of y'all writing this down, so that's good. Make Christ <laughs> the key ingredient. If I was to take your life and scroll through the feed of your life for Tuesday and Wednesday hmm. and Thursday, the decisions you make, the places that you go, whatever it is that you're like, dinner you ate, what the evening was like, where would I find Jesus on that feed? Hmm. Would it only be reserved for Sunday for an hour and 15 minutes? Would it be a prayer at a mealtime? And man, I just think what we're missing out when we don't make him the key ingredient. Yeah, that's good. And we got to invite him into the confines of our life. Hey, hey God, I, I need you today. I, I can't do this parent thing without you. Pray more than at mealtimes and at bedtime. You use scripture with your kids and your family as teaching moments, which yeah. means you got to know the scripture. Or Google it. If you don't know it, it's okay. Just Google the scripture. It doesn't mean I, you're not spiritual. Doing? You can just say Google <laughs> Bible verse on a knucklehead. I'm lying. A knucklehead what do I tell my kids about son. lying? Make church a priority. It doesn't mean you can't miss it. Just make it a priority. Don't wake up on Sunday and go, what should we do today? Do, do, do. I don't know. Make it a priority. Are you tracking with me? And then lastly, live life on mission. Yep. You're headed at something with your life and the trajectory of your life. Look at me, everybody, in the eyes for one moment. Now, I don't know how old you are, what you're doing, whether you're single or married or not. You are headed at something yeah. with your life. The decisions that you make, the, the, the way that you, what, what you do for a living, how you raise your kids or don't have, marriage, not, doesn't matter. And, and you, I'm just challenging you. You want to hit that target intentionally, yeah. not accidentally. And so what's the mission? So here's the question. Why do we exist as a family? And what are the values that define us? We, we asked this question about six, seven years ago. And 
we came up with a, a family motto, serve God, honor all, finish strong, and always build this church. And it's not a plaque we found in Hobby Lobby. <laughs> oh, let's hang that up right now. Won't that be great? We'll drink coffee by it. <laughs> it's actually intrinsic. Yeah. And so every decision we make is based on that. And I want to challenge you, if you don't have a mission for you as an individual or as a family, you're, you're aiming at some things you may not want to aim at. I feel like Megan wants to say something. What do y'all I'm gonna, think? I'm going to do it as fast as I can because I know we're short on time. But some of you don't. So I know sometimes it's like, okay, what does that mean? Have a mission and, and let it point you in the right direction. When we say serve God, honor all, finish strong, and always build his church, that drives every decision we make. So if we say yes to something, we're going to finish it. My kids say yes to something in, a, in a, a academics or in sports. Even if they don't like it when they get into it, we're going to finish it because Robinson's finished strong. And we're going to honor all. So when they're frustrated with a teacher or when they're frustrated with a friend, we're going to honor always. And we're going to always build God's church. And so that's not just because we're pastors and that's our vocation. That's because that's what we're committed to as a family, which means it drives the decisions we make. It drives whether we say yes to certain birthday parties or no, because we are committed as a family to going, this is what we do. And so you want to figure that out as a family. What is our mission? What are we here to do? Who are we? And then let that drive the decisions you make and drive the counsel that you give as you're building your family. Or single adults. Yeah. It doesn't matter your marital status, whether or not you have kids or not. And so the question to ask is, what are, you can just sit down and write them out. What are, what are our values? What drives it? What are our passions? What drives us forward? And then let conviction move your decisions. Yeah. Nothing else. Nothing else. Does that make sense? So just a couple of thoughts for you. That's great. I'm glad you shared what your mission was. I was going to ask if you would because you really can see it exemplified in Brooklyn and Avery, even at young ages. So it's, it's really, you guys do a great job with that. Um, okay, so how we had a lot of questions come in about how do we have a healthy marriage and specifically how do we have a healthy marriage after having kids? What does that look like? That's a great question. I have no clue. Um, <laughs> it would be it. awesome. Uh, you know, here, we'll, we'll go through a couple thoughts real quickly then. You want to jump on? I mean, just the first part would be, if this is specifically about how do I have a healthy marriage after kids, just remember what got you to kids in the first place. It started as a couple, so that has got to stay your first priority. That's got to stay number one. I think oftentimes we, we try to have children, and all of a sudden, all of our attention goes from our spouse to our kids, and we forget what got us to the kids in the first place. And so that would be my challenge, is just to remember that the priority is with your spouse and God gave you those kids for a season for a short time and entrusted you to raise them so the priority has got to be your marriage yeah you don't want to forsake your marriage and I think one of the best things and this is definitely worth writing down if you're a dude trust me you're gonna want to write this down I, I think you need to adhere to the 72 hour rule the 72 hour rule I don't see any guys writing that down you your pastor is telling me explain what that is you need to stick to the 72 hour rule which means you need to be intimate at least once every 72 hours can I get an amen from some guys who are in the room now welcome right. to You're service welcome. sixth graders yeah congratulations <laughs> Uh, and let me tell you, if you've crossed the 45 to 50 age barrier, that might be a little bit different for you, but you get to decide that and you, you know, you do you. <laughs> and then there might be other health complications that may come up or arise that, that cha change that. But the point is that there's consistently, see, if it's yeah. shifting to a week or a month that we've, in between times of being intimate, then we're not actually connected. Listen, intimacy is what separates this relationship from every other relationship yeah. that we have. Uh, I, I work with Jeremy Parham every day. We work out together every day almost. He literally is the neighbor that is, his wall is attached to the wall of our condo, but I'm only intimate with my wife. Are you tracking with <laughs> That's me? That's good. Yeah, so this, this is what separates our relationship, and it's not just a physical moment, it's a spiritual yeah. moment. God created it that way. In Genesis chapter two, verse 25, he says the two shall become one. There's something that takes place, and it means that she feels safe enough to be vulnerable with me, and, and the physical needs that God created me with are being met, and there's this beautiful 
thing that takes place. And if that's fragmented or it's not consistent, then I promise you it's one of the chief indicators that your marriage is not healthy right now. So if this is something you need help with, then come and talk to us. We'll help get you some help in this area so that you can actually have a healthy marriage. But one thing you got to do is get your kids out of your bed. So if you got young kids, they shouldn't be sleeping in your bed. Let them sleep in their bassinet if they're babies. Listen, remember, we're nurturing. We're helping to, usually the dads aren't the ones that struggle with this as much as it is the moms. Remember that we're nurturing these kids. We're helping to develop future adults. So we're not raising kids that we want to be fully dependent on us for the rest of their life. We are trying to train them on how to be dependent on God and how to, to find their own identity. And so I'm just challenging you moms. It would be a healthy thing for your marriage to get the kids out of your room. It also helps them know that this is a priority that this is number one. And I know that every single one of the moms in the room is praying for your son or daughter that they will have an amazing spouse one day. I know that you're praying that they're going to have an incredible marriage one day. And the best thing you can do to equip them for that is to model that kind of a relationship. So I just want to encourage you. And your kids will be okay. They will be. They'll be totally good. They will good. survive, I promise. But listen, hey, this also goes back to making sure you're having conversations with one another. Because if you're struggling in intimacy, it could be uh, fathers, dads, husbands. It could be that maybe there's some areas that your wife would like for you to work on. They, it really could be. And so you need to ask those questions and have that create an environment where she can share that with you. And wives, listen, you can't just shy away from this and go about getting busy and just handling the day in and day out. No, you actually need to have a conversation with your spouse. Ask them what they need. Talk to them about their feelings. Listen, marriage is so selfless. It is all about dying to self and going, what can I do to meet your needs? And so that's what I would challenge we you. We got to hustle. I know. Uh, another thing is regularly scheduled date nights. Keywords being regularly and scheduled. A minimum of once a month should be once a week. Even if it's uh, a late night Netflix and chill in your bedroom. But the point is that you just hang out as a couple. Our, our Gen Xers and above don't know what that means, but Google that later. Um, oh, or don't. Or okay. don't. It's, you'll be okay. Uh, but you need a date night. You need, to, you need some time alone where you are just, I mean, it's, what you, it's how you, got, you found each other in the first yeah. place. You need to go back to dating. Here's five questions that we ask each other every so time good. we go on a date. This is real deal. The first one's my favorite. What's one thing you like about me? It's my favorite time. Tell me what you love about me, baby. Affirmation. Yeah, I, have to, I build in time for affirmations. So number one, what's one thing you like about me or love about me or just it doesn't matter, all of the above. Number two, give me some new information. Maybe things going on in your world, stuff at work that we don't always talk about or things Things you're being challenged with. Number three, what's a question you have for me about anything? A question you have for me about anything. Number four, share a complaint with a request for change. And this is behavioral. This is not about your, you know, I want you to change your hairline. I can't anymore. But <laughs> this is like a request with, with a, a, a complaint with a request for change. For, there's a season where I was, I'm a night owl. She's a, go to bed at like 7 p.m. And, That's an exaggeration. And I'm like, man, I can't even sleep for an hour and a half. So I just want you to go to bed with me. I'm like, okay, great. But then I'm going to watch a movie when you start snoring at 8.30. So anyways, it was a request uh, with a complaint with the request for change. Number five, share a hope or a dream. What's a hope or a dream right now? And number six, share a prayer request and pray. I got to hustle through these things. Write those things down. We ask those questions to each other every time we do date. Next is three C's. Everyone that's married or in a relationship, you need these three C's. Yeah. Counselors, coaches, and couples. Counselors, coaches, and couples. And key the music. Counselors, coaches, and <laughs> couples. I'm a big proponent for biblical Christian therapy huge proponent of it. Uh, we need it. You don't need it every day, 24-7, but you're going to go through seasons where you just need to sit down with a professional yeah. and talk through some of your, your issues. And if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue. I'm telling you, you need counselors. You also need coaches, somebody who's been married longer than you have. Not like two weeks longer, but longer than you have. <laughs> And then you just call them, hey, we're struggling with this, or my wife's being a knucklehead, or my husband's being a knucklehead. What do we do? You need coaches. All of us, we have coaches in our life. We go to therapists. Yes, we do that. And you need couples. You need yeah. friends who are married that you can, that know your silver bullet and know that, that can call me out and say, are you treating Megan right? And can call her out. When we get in arguments, we can, they, they can help and say, hey, wait, wait, you, you are wrong here. 
We, we need those three C's. Those are things that are going to make a massive yeah. difference in your life. We've got a series coming up in the fall called Assumptions. Everybody say Assumptions. It's all about relationships. You don't good. want to miss it. We've got to move along. All right. I know we're going to take time for one last question yes. because I think some of the, the single people in the room, you guys here? What, what? Yeah. Would like to know this one thing. Um, how do I know if, what am I looking for in a Mr. or a Mrs. Wright? That's a great question. They don't exist. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, can I just tell you, don't let the, the marital status be a label on you of negativity. Uh, and don't make marriage the finish line. Let me just start there. So if you're single and desperately ready to mingle, that's okay. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But make sure you're looking for the right person. Let me tell you a couple of things that I think. Number one, you got to ask yourself, are they a Christ follower? don't missionary date. Well, I'm just hoping that they say yes to Jesus one day. We're just going to keep dating until then. No, don't be an idiot. Make sure they're a Christ follower. Let that be the foundation. If you don't believe that Christ is worth following, then you do you. I'm just, everything I do, permission to play, Jesus is the foundation. Are they plugged into a connect group? In other words, they got a circle of friends that are making sure they're not idiots. And people that know their silver bullet. Are they serving in church? I think that's one of the best ways to find out if it's Mr. or Mrs. Right. If they don't know how to serve God, they don't know how to serve you. And marriage is all about serving. The Bible says that she's to submit to me, and I'm to do for her what Christ did for the church, which is give up everything. So the whole key to marriage is that we both give up everything. So if they don't know how to serve in church, if they are too busy and too proud to don a vest and be a parking lot guy, or to help set up, or to greet, or to be an usher, I'm just too busy. Well, I, yeah, I'm too busy for you, dude, yep. or dudette. Are you tracking with me? You want that. Do they have, here's another one, do they have and honor the authority in their life? And the key word is authority. We have decided to limit the access of authority in our life. We feel like we, we get to a point where we grow up past the need of somebody who actually can tell us to sit down, stop talking, and don't be an idiot. But we all need a coach in our life. And if you have gotten to the place where you don't have somebody who can say, hey, you're being a knucklehead, stop it, then you, my friend, are headed towards disaster. Yeah. So if you're trying to date somebody, just get around them when they're with their mom or their dad. Or come hang out with me. Bring, <laughs> let's do it. We'll do a double date. They're all yeah. scared. Let's do a double date with me and Megan and you and your dude. And we'll let, let me scare the dookie out of him and see how he responds. I'm pretty big. I can beat people up. I got a lot of big, strong friends, too. Are you tracking with me? Can you tell he's a dad to girls? Yeah. And hey, same for the ladies. Yeah. Listen to how they talk about their, their father. Maybe their relationship was broken. Who are the guys in their life that made an impact? You want to know, man, this is somebody who has leadership in their life. And last but not least on this, this is so important. Does the mission of their life and the values that drive their decisions line up with the word of God? If that's not the case, they need some time to grow up a little bit. They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to have it all figured out. But the mission that's driving them and the values driving decision lines up with the Word of God. we got a great story that I actually asked Megan to read for us about this exact thing. You know, I have a friend, and, and she, she is single and, and ready to mingle and doing everything she can. Listen, I'll tell you what, all of my single friends in the room, dating in today's culture. Oh, my single ladies. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Thank you. Oh, no, no laughter. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. They're waiting. Laugh, They're waiting for the story. I, I, I'll tell you what. I, I just think that dating in today's culture is so much more challenging than it has ever been. And I have so much compassion for those of you who are waiting and praying and, and looking for a spouse. And again, I just want to echo what Pastor Kerry said. Don't make marriage the end goal. Because I'm telling you, if you'll focus in on who Jesus is and on the mission that God's given you to live this life, and if you'll just run hard after that, I'm telling you, God's faithful. And, and his timing may not always be our timing. In fact, most of the time it's not. But I'm telling you, he's got good plans for you. So, so let that drive you. Let your convictions drive you. But my friend, she's... She She's been looking to date and praying for the right guy. And so as you do in today's culture, she's on a couple different dating sites and one of those being Tinder and 
has had some, you know, conversations with lots of different dudes. And in and, and this one conversation that she just had recently, and this tends to be the same conversation she has every time, you get into the, the question of, well, what, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? What are you involved in? And, and so she every time says, you know, I'm super involved at my church. I'm really plugged in. Here's the areas and the teams I serve on. And, and I love being invested here. And without fail, that statement always takes her into another question. Oh, so you're a Christian? Well, yeah, I'm a Christian. She's like, yes, I, I'm a Christian. I love, would you like to come to church with me sometime? I'd love to have you. And that always takes her into the next question, which is, so you're a Christian, so you're not having sex before you get married. And she goes, yeah, that's the standard that I'm trying to live my life by. And silence. So they could have been in conversation for days or a week or whatever it was, but all of a sudden, it's like a close for business sign gets put out. And I'm so proud of this friend of mine because she's refused to let that compromise her standard because she's chosen to live her life on mission, pointed in the direction that God has for her and following God's word as a guideline for how she lives her life. And I'm so proud of her, but I'm also discouraged that that's the society that we live in today that the close for business sign goes out when someone realizes that, oh, they're not gonna have sex with me if I don't get married to them. And and man, what what a disappointment that is. And I just wanna challenge you young people, listen, there's so much more to a relationship than intimacy. Intimacy is the gift that God gives in a marriage and in a relationship, it creates a vulnerability and, and creates a connection, the two becoming one, like Pastor Kerry talked about, it's an awesome thing. But I just want to challenge you, there's so much more to that. And if that's all you're in it for, you're going to miss out on the depth of relationship that God has for you. And listen, those of you who are holding tight to convictions and to standards, don't you compromise those for anybody. Because if somebody's expecting you to compromise your standards right now, then they're going to be compromising standards in the future. And I just want to challenge you, you want someone who's going to support you, who's going to say, I believe in you, I believe in the convictions of your heart, and I'm going to support you in that because I'm telling you that's the kind of man or a woman you want to be with for the rest of your life. And I know it's hard, and I know it's a challenge, and it makes me frustrated about today's society, but I just want to encourage all my single friends in the room, don't give up. Don't keep pursuing purpose. Don't keep pursuing the mission that God has you on because God will take care of you. He really will. And I'm telling you, he's got somebody in store for you. And don't make marriage the finish line. Yeah, that's great. It's not the finish line. It's just a component of life. Otherwise, we think that I'm not whole or complete until I'm married. And that's not the way things work. It really isn't the way things work. I love that line. If somebody, if he or she is not willing to wait for you until marriage, they ain't going to wait for you after marriage. It's talking about being faithful. And it's worth holding on to. It really is. We do pre-marriage counseling all the time here, and my number one prerequisite is for the duration of our time. I don't care what has happened before, but you're going to abstain from any intimacy until your wedding day. And if you can't handle that, then you don't want my input in your life. Why? Because there's a promise of God that is attached to that. There's a promise of God that's attached to that. And we, we didn't write that. God wrote that in his word. And so when we say that our family is driven by mission, it's not the mission of things that we think are really good things. It's the mission of what God's word has dictated. And if I live my life on conviction and mission based upon the truth of God's word, then he takes care of what the future looks like. And I would just say, I just want to challenge some people in the room because I feel like there might even be questions like, oh, I didn't know the movement church was, was so old school. Hey, listen, the movement church will always be driven by conviction. And our conviction will always come from the word of God. We will never be driven by the whims of culture and what feels right and what's acceptable in today's era. We will always be driven by the word of God because we know that if we're driven by the word of God, that we cannot be disappointed that God's got good things in store for us. And when we live our life founded on the word of God, we can be sure that it's going to be solid and set in the right direction. And that's how we're always going to teach around That's here. great. God's, God's love for us never changes, but his blessings follow obedience. Like I love my two girls with all my heart. That will never change. We'll always have a roof over their head, food to eat. 
But if they want to go down to the beach on Tuesday and hang out with their friends, then they've got to be obedient to mom and dad. Otherwise, they don't get the privileges of the blessings that we can give to them. Does that make sense? My love doesn't change. If she starts acting like a knucklehead and talking back to my wife, she's not going anywhere. Her device will be destroyed. There will be nothing and no life. We'll slide toast under the door for her and that will be it. But we'll love her. We'll love her for the rest of her life, even if she spit in our face and ran off and started doing stupid things and going crazy with her life. We'll still love her, but the blessings always follow obedience. And that's why we've got to be driven by conviction. So no matter what, I think the enemy doesn't like it when we talk about this. No matter what it is, that relationship that you're in, I want to pause here for a minute. We're almost finished. No matter what relationship you're in, conviction has got to drive your decisions. And the conviction cannot be based upon how you feel. If it's based upon how you feel, then that will change. And when that changes, your conviction changes. If we're driven by conviction, then when, when things come up and we make decisions, we go, wait a minute, no, we don't do that because that's not what the Word of God says and it's not who we are. Does that make sense? That's what decisions we make in relationships. So whether you're married or single, have kids or don't have kids, you're engaged or you're divorced, it doesn't matter. The relationships we're in require the conviction of the Word of God, which means we've got to know the Word of God. And we've got to let God infuse every decision that we make. Does that make sense? Have you gotten something out of this today? Come on, would you give it up for Pastor Gurley and Pastor Megan as they're heading off the stage? Hey, listen, I want to take a moment and tell you this kind of permission to play idea. Everything we talked about is built on the foundation that we've started a relationship with the most important relationship we can have, and that's with Jesus Christ. My marriage is done. It's in shambles if I don't have Jesus at the center of who I am. I, I can't parent without Jesus being a part of my life. And, and the great thing is he, he aggressively and actively wants to be a part of my life, but I have the, re, the responsibility and the ability to give him permission to be in my life. There's a starting line with Jesus. It's not just some great vibes. It's not just church membership or even church attendance. And, and let me encourage some of you in here that are like me. It's not like eradicating your past and getting rid of your poor choices. It's a starting line of just simply saying yes to him. And some of us in this room have never begun that journey. And today is your day. It's the reason you're here on Father's Day. Some of you in this room have been running from God. In fact, when we were talking about relationships, you can think of times and moments where you've made some poor choices. You haven't been following the conviction of your heart, and it's time to come running back to God. And today I'm going to give you a chance to do just that. So if you're here today and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, or today is the day to come running back to him, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want to challenge you right where you're seated to just join me in this prayer. No embarrassment to you. You don't have to get out of your seat. In fact, it'll be in the quietness of your own heart or perhaps in a small whisper, but start here today. Would you do me a favor, bow your heads and close your eyes, nobody looking around, no one moving. If that's you and you've never prayed this prayer, I wanna challenge you, let today be your day. And if you've been running from God, today's the day to come running back to him. I want you just to pray this prayer after me. Just say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. I know that you've given me purpose. I'm, I'm not perfect, God. Would you forgive me? I really do need you at the center of my life. And now make this statement your own right where you're seated. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.